Welcome to the NBA Draft. Do you want a podcast that discusses and breaks down your favorite prospects all the way until they hear their name called on draft night? Luka Doncic. Welcome to the home of NBA Draft Prospects. Words can't describe how I feel right now. This is the Prospect Pod, presented by Hardwood Hoops Central, only on YouTube. Welcome back to the Prospect Pod, presented by Hardwood Hoops Central. Uh, thank you for your patience while we've been uh, kind of going through a uh, shortened NBA free agency draft, that whole process. Uh, I just got to the point where it just really felt like it was a smart idea to be more uh, <clears throat> ahead when it came to talking about uh, the free agency, <clears throat> uh, really just looking at how the uh, how the lineups shaped out, uh, rosters I should say. And, uh, you know, getting some preseason action uh, under our belt before really uh, putting together this pod. So appreciate all of those, uh, all of you who um, have stuck with, stuck with the content uh, simply because uh, you want to consume it uh, in any way you choose to do so. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, one housekeeping note that I really want to uh, take a minute to uh, thank you all for is uh, that our YouTube channel has reached over a thousand subscribers. We are, uh, as of recording this, about 1,100 subscribers uh, since draft night, and so um, extremely happy about that, proud of that, and uh, thank you guys for sharing uh, the content and consuming the content uh, in the ways that you choose to do so. Um, hopefully, we continue to be a great resource for you. All right, so uh, I am going to run through uh, as quickly as I can through all 30 NBA teams and their roster uh, situation. So, uh, with that being said, I will do so in alphabetical order uh, just to really. Uh, give my thoughts on where things are with uh, each team. And uh, so since we are starting in alphabetical order, we will start with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, and I will try to put a marker um, for you all in the comments section so you know which teams I'm covering at what points uh, so that there's no, um, you know, no need to, uh, you know, listen all the way through unless you want to, which I would appreciate because this is probably going to be about an hour to two hour podcast. So anyway, uh, Atlanta, you know, uh, look, the, you know, the big thing coming into free agency was John Collins, right? So, uh, look, rookie extension or not, he's a valuable piece to this, uh, you know, I- I- entire uh, roster. Simply because you're not going to find a lot of 20 and 10 guys growing on trees who also last year shot 40% from three. Um, giving Trey as many shooters at as many positions as you can is valuable, Um Maybe John Collins plays some five this year, depending upon how Clint Capella plays. Um, but neither, either, uh, regardless, adding Bogdan and adding Danilo, uh, along with uh, Naka through the, through the draft, and then you factor in, you know, Kevin Herter. Uh, there's plenty of shooters now around Trey Young, uh, and you'd like to be able to see that because as many options as you can give Trey Young, uh, the better. And so, um, you know, for me, it just depends on how this team defends night in and night out. Um, I don't know if I have a great deal of confidence in their ability to defend. They do add Chris Dunn uh, from Chicago. Uh, they already have DeAndre Hunter on this team as a uh, as a wing. Um, <clears throat> but a short from those two guys, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not uh, an inspiring lineup defensively. Uh, offensively, though, I think that this team uh, should make a push for the playoffs. I uh, wouldn't take it for granted, though, because, like I said, they have to defend every night. Uh, so, you know, I, lo- I love the Oneka Kungwu pick. Uh, really appreciated the fact that he was able to rise up the uh, draft boards. 
uh, throughout the draft process, and I think he's going to be a nice fit in Atlanta with Trey Young. Uh, so with that being said, uh, we will move on to uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Brooklyn, obviously, last night, we're recording this on the 14th of December. Uh, last night, um, Brooklyn was able to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving back uh, from injury. And, you know, anytime you're able to add two guys who are NBA champion, quality, all-star, future Hall of Fame guys, that's going to completely change the trajectory of your team. Uh, and you got to see a little bit of that last night with Kyrie and uh, Katie, especially in the first quarter. Um, you know, I think, you know, Kevin obviously is trying to get his legs back under him after being out of out, off of an injury, uh, for an Achilles injury since June of 2019. Uh, it's, it's not easy getting your footing back under, under you, especially in game shape and, and, and game reps. Um, no matter how hard you practice, you know, game reps are always, you know, they're unique in and of itself. So <clears throat> having said that, uh, adding Joe Harris back into the fold, Karis LeVert, uh, hopefully he's able to have an expanded role uh, from what he's had previously based on what he was able to do in the bubble, whether that's leading the second unit um, or basically, you know, being able to be a starter in some sort of capacity here. Um, I like him better probably as a as a second unit guy with uh, Spencer uh, Denwitty, but, you know, we'll see. Um, Landry Schmidt, Bruce Brown come over in a draft night trade. Um, <clears throat> you know, and this team top to bottom has got wings and uh, scores at, at different positions. Um, I think Reggie Perry, you know, down the road uh, could find his way uh, onto an NBA roster. But, uh, you know, for now, I mean, you know, 57th overall pick isn't going to be uh, anything that a championship contending team is, is really going to look to, uh, you know, to, to add to their, their bottom line win-loss total. Um, but neither here nor there. Uh, I do like the additions of, of Shemette and Brown. Uh, Landry obviously is a shot maker from three, and, and Bruce Brown is a versatile defender who's a you know tough tough physical downhill uh, driving type of guard. Um, so uh, with that being said, we will move on to uh, the Boston Celtics. Uh, Boston, you know, obviously everything starts uh, with um, starts with Jason Tatum and starts with Jalen Brown. Uh, that's first and foremost. Uh, this team adds, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, this team adds to that equation, uh, Marcus Smart. Uh, those three were instrumental in the bubble. Uh, Marcus had some really nice games shooting the ball. Uh, this team defended its ass off uh, throughout the entire time in the bubble, and I thought that's what really pushed him, you know, over the top. Uh, Kimba still didn't look quite like himself, which is unfortunate, and, um, you know, we'll have to see what he looks like come January uh, and whether or not he's still on this team long term. Um, really hope the best for him because obviously, uh, you know, you think of the cardiac Kemba days and you just think of what he's been able to do since he's been in this league. And uh, you hate to see a guy like that uh, not be able to play at his full potential. Um, you know, and then you look at the glue guys on this team. Uh, Tristan Thompson dealing with a hamstring injury right now. Daniel Tice, um, you know, Jeff Teague uh, comes in, onto this team uh, to add uh, backcourt depth. This team drafts for shooting, uh, first with Peyton Pritchard. Actually, I'm sorry, first with Aaron Neesmith out of Vanderbilt, uh, one of the better SEC scorers prior to his injury and one of the better college basketball shooters in this draft. Uh, and then they address shooting again with a 26-pick Oregon point guard, Peyton Pritchard. Uh, you know, raised eyebrows for some. I would just say that uh, Peyton has won at multiple levels. Uh, he's a guy who's been able to come in and, 
knock down shots from deep, uh, and he's he, he works he works his ass off. Um, and when you look at what Carson Edwards and Tremont Waters Waters have not been able to add to this point, it's it's tough not to uh, look in that direction. Um, you know, you, you can maybe say, well, maybe you should have went the Malachi Flynn route, who got drafted three picks later. But um, you know, it's all about you know adding whatever you think is the best fit for this draft. And I I, I didn't think that that was necessarily a bad pick um, because uh, when you look at this draft, I think you know three, four, five years from now. You know, who was picked 26th versus who was picked 29th isn't going to be a huge deal. Um, so you draft for fit. Robert Williams, I'd love to see, you know, more out of him this year just in terms of uh, some of the shot blocking and rim running he's able to do and that energy and just taking a step up uh, in his role. But obviously it'll be a limited role uh, in Boston, uh, but maybe maybe it can expand uh, should Tristan Thompson continue to experience injury issues if Grant Williams is just not able to, uh, you know, put enough together. Um, it's a front court player, you know, we'll see, uh, I'm rooting for Grant for sure. Cause, uh, you know, I thought he was a heady player out of, out of Tennessee. Uh, always enjoyed watching him even, you know, dating back to his time in high school. So, uh, root, I always root for these young guys and want to see them do well. Uh, one of my favorite draft and stash players, Yam Madar, uh, Israel, uh, he got the draft night comparison to being a Patrick Beverly. He is a good defender. Uh, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and check out his film. Uh, you know, he's he's also a pretty solid shot maker. I uh, definitely think he's got an NBA pace and feel to his game. Uh, so it'll be in- interesting to see what he looks like whenever he uh, ends up coming over to the NBA. Uh, obviously, uh, we will transition into Charlotte because Charlotte um, did a sign and trade with Boston's Gordon Hayward. And... Gordon Hayward now joins the Hornets uh, on a four-year, $120 million contract. I uh, hope I got that right, doing that off memory. So if I got it wrong, please forgive me. I'm only human. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, you know, to me, um, you know, to be able to uh, to add him uh, at this stage in his career, it's, you know, we'll have to see because I don't think he ever really turned the corner in the bubble. Um and I don't think that was ever going to be the case in Boston that he was going to ever, you know, really turn, uh, turn the corner. So it's one of those deals where, um, you know, you'd love to see him get back to being the 25 and five guy that he was at Utah. But if he can't do that, uh, there's still plenty of scoring in the backcourt with Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier, and obviously the number three overall pick that everybody is ooing and eyeing over, which is Lamelo Ball. And look, I'll just say this for Lamelo: there's going to be games where he's going to shoot. Poorly, he's going to commit turnovers that are going to make you scratch your head and 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 wonder what the heck he's doing. But I will tell you that if you are patient and you are optimistic and you just allow uh, time and reps and just you know uh, uh, you know getting getting better, you know take its course. Uh, I think you'll be pleased with Lamelo um, because at the end of the day, like. What else you got on this team that's really gonna you know create a ton of sh- uh, 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 you know a ton of shots for others while also being able to create a, uh, you know shots for himself? Who else? On, I mean, Devontae Graham did a nice job last year. Don't get me wrong, he did. Um, you know his assist numbers. You know when I went back and looked at it, were higher than I remembered them being. Which you know, kudos to him. But at the same point in time, you know you need guys who are really gonna you know kind of move things along. And if you really watch Lamelo even in his first preseason game, yeah, he went 0 for five. Um, you know, as I said, he's going to have games where you're just going to kind of look and be like, oh, 
But um, don't get it confused with, you know, with Lonzo. Uh, Lonzo has gotten to a point in his career, which I hope he gets out of, you know, this season, where, you know, he's been a little more hesitant to try to score and take shots. That's not going to be the case with LaMelo. Um, he definitely needs to kind of rein in some of the shot selection uh, and just be a little more efficient. But um, I think as that, that will come with time. And as it does, you know, you'll see a guy who can be an excellent rebounder at his position, a guy who's got excellent feel, uh, can push the pace, who can uh, be an elite facilitator uh, and, can, and can really stretch the floor while also being able to drive fine guys uh, off the bounce but also finish with, you know, floaters and different things along those lines. So I'm optimistic about, about uh, LaMelo. Uh, I know some that aren't, but, you know, so be it. Uh, with the rest of this team, you know, ho- hopefully we can see a step up from, you know, guys like P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges. Um, you know, when you talk about playing with pace, uh, you know, and getting a guy like LaMelo, you'd love to see uh, Miles Bridges and LaMelo on a fast break and, and being able to see what they can create together. Um, aside from that, uh, the draft picks of Grant Riller, who I think is, you know, a nice uh, possible G League player who can eventually find his way onto a roster or a roster spot with this team. Uh, it could certainly use uh, some additional shooting and scoring, which uh, Grant will be able to bring a big guard who can certainly create his own shot. Um, uh, you know, they've been watching him since he was in high school in his Okoye high school days, and I can tell you that he's been a scorer uh, for the minute I've seen him. So uh, congratulations to him, for one, for getting his uh, NBA contract, uh, but as well as, <clears throat> excuse me, as well as, uh, you know, any guy who obviously gets an NBA contract, uh, you know, but uh, looking at the rest of this uh, rest of this draft for Charlotte, uh, they sign Vernon Carey, their thirty second pick overall. They get Nick Richards. Uh, you know, I, I really wasn't thinking that Vernon Carey was going to be drafted thirty <clears throat> second overall. Um, I thought there were other players behind uh, him that. Probably gonna help this team out, you know, more and with them more immediate, uh, more immediately. Um, you know, he's more of a traditional back to the basket big who's still trying to expand his game. Um, has certainly worked on it, but it's not uh, it's not a finished product by any means. And um, you know, I mean, he'll be able to bang inside and add some physicality to your front line, but I don't know how much more than that uh, he'll be able to do in the in the immediate uh, future that's gonna help you win games. Uh, Nick Richards is more of an energy big, block shots, rim run, you know. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, if, if he can keep the energy up and, uh, you know, put, put uh, pressure on the front of the rim as far as rebounds uh, and, and just really get out and, uh, like I said, play with energy, he'll, uh, he'll be all right. Um, both those guys already signed to a contract uh, with Charlotte. Now, <clears throat> moving on from Charlotte, we will go to Chicago. Chicago, um, look, they got, uh, in my estimation, uh, one of the better wings in this draft uh, in Patrick Williams. And I know a lot of people were on draft night, especially if you were a Chicago fan, you're sitting here thinking, you know, Patrick Williams, like, you know, Florida State Patrick Williams, like, is this guy a top five pick? Did we did we draft this guy too high? And my answer to that would be no. Now. Isaac Coro obviously was still on the board. He gets selected at five. Uh, you could have possibly went that route, but you have to address. <clears throat> excuse me. You have to address the uh, uh, the small forward role in Chicago. 
And so stop me if you hear any names that you uh, love at that position. Otto Porter, Thaddeus Young, Garrett Temple, uh, Chandler Hutchinson, Denzel Valentine. If I said a name that you really like, then cool. This team is okay at, at small forward. If I didn't say a name that you liked, then you needed a small forward. And you went and got one who's going to be able to guard multiple position, who comes into this league with a good mid-range game, has to get better from three, but doesn't have a broken shot. Uh, he's going to come in and work his ass off, and at the end of the day, he's got the right attitude. Uh, this kid's going to be good. I promise you. Uh, you can take my word for it. You can just think I'm some hack that just uh, has a YouTube channel. Whatever <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Um, but, you know, uh, as far as the rest of this team, you know, obviously – I feel I'm I, I, I'm increasingly feeling you know worse and worse for Wendell Carter. I want to be able to see him develop some sort of half court uh, identity for this for this team and as an NBA player, but it just hasn't really come along. Uh, and sometimes I'm watching him and Daniel Gafford, and I'm just thinking that you know Daniel just feels like a better NBA fit, and it just it's weird because at least with get Daniel, I know I can get rim running, shot blocking, uh, you know, and a, and a guy that can play around the rim now. Is he great around the rim, uh, Daniel Gafford? You know, could be hit or miss sometimes. Um, but I just feel like, you know, he knows who he is, and, and Wendell Carter sometimes struggles with that. And, uh, you know, whether it's the coaching staff or player development, you know, needs to really just kind of get with him and really define, you know, who he is as a player and, and try to develop that as best as possible. Um, Zach Levine, you know, being on this team long term, who knows? You know, that's – that's uh, you know, I'll wait and see as far as how, how that works out. Lori Markinen and Kobe White are obviously the young pieces here. Uh, Thomas Sadoransky, you know, can play on the point guard spot and hopefully take you know, care of some of those duties for Kobe. Kobe, I think, is you know, an underrated passer. Always has kind of been. Always been labeled a scorer, rightfully so. Um, but <clears throat> you know, it'd be nice to be able to see him play off the ball uh, some and not necessarily always have to worry about. Uh, you know, playing on the ball and being being a creator as well as a scorer, uh, because he's clearly by watching him, you know, he's clearly more wired to want to score, and that's just that's his DNA. And um, I'm a big fan of not blocking a guy's DNA, allowing them to be who they are, uh, and just turning up the volume as best as possible. That's going to benefit the team. And I just think, you know, for him, while he can be a, you know an excellent facilitator, uh, has made some nice passes so far in preseason. That I've liked seeing. Um, at the end of the day, he's certainly more facilitator so or excuse me more of a scorer um so whatever help he can get in the backcourt would be nice uh in the long and short term um so uh having said that outside of those folks that we named um you know uh that's about it for chicago uh moving on to cleveland uh cleveland as i mentioned earlier they drafted Isaac Okoro uh, out of, uh, excuse me, out of um, out of Auburn. Um, so with him, you get a guy uh, who is, you know, one of the better uh, perimeter defenders in this draft, just in terms of on ball. Some off ball stuff. If you've watched uh, any of the preseason Cleveland games, you've seen some off off ball. You know. You know hiccups here and there, but that's that's a lot of that's rookie stuff. Um, you know what you did see in the, in their first preseason game was a guy who finished out the game with a great defensive possession, sprinted the floor, caught a long outlet pass, and scored a uh, a winning layup, or proved to be the go ahead winning layup, uh, which ended up also being an and one. Uh, and 
Cleveland, I believe, won that game 107-104. You know, and I I thought throughout, you know, he shot the ball well from three, uh, and he's just – he's going to be a fit. I mean, that guy's a 10- to 15-year pro. So good for Cleveland on on getting a draft pick right. Uh, Obviously, having Colin Sexton and – And uh, Darius Garland, obviously you want those guys to figure out something, but I just feel like it's two scoring guards in the backcourt. And uh, I'd love to be able to see Darius Garland become more of the facilitator that he was, you know, uh, praised as being in high school and, and, you know, some of the the, the little, little bit you got to see of him at Vanderbilt. Uh, But for the most part, man, he's he's basically, you know, two two scoring guards. And this team needs – some ball movement and some facilitate uh, for somebody who can really facilitate. Um, you know, Damian Dotson comes over to help with your with your bench scoring. Uh, obviously, there's still the the uh, the wonder of what's going to happen with Kevin Love, and obviously he's going to take as many shots as he can on his way out the door. And Andre Drummond's going to opt in and did opt into a huge contract um, for this year. And so, you know, there's not much else after that to really be optimistic about. You know, you hope. To see more out of Kevin Porter Jr. this year, you hope to see a step up in, from Seti Ozman, um, you know. But uh, you know, and, and I'm hoping uh, Dylan Windler is able to to, uh, to find some minutes because this team could certainly use some shooting, and Dylan's uh, a pretty skilled shooter. Um, so it'd be good to see him get some minutes uh, in Cleveland. All right, um, from Cleveland we go over to Dallas. Uh, Dallas, obviously, we know where. The buck starts and stops. Uh, the buck starts and stops with one Luka Doncic, and as it rightfully should. Guy was uh, fourth, I believe, fourth in the MVP running for uh, this past season. And, um, you know, as he goes, they go. And uh, this is a team that, because of his skill and ability, uh, led the league in scoring last year uh, as a team. And if you look up and down this roster, you can understand why. Uh, they add Josh Richardson on the wing, who I'm hoping can have a hit the reset button after having a tough stint in Philly and uh, be able to get back on the uh, Miami Heat track that he was uh, once on, fresh out of Tennessee. Uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis, you hope he can stay upright long enough to, uh, you know, to really make, you know, the impact in a shortened season. But, <clears throat> you know, you may be talking about a guy who's only playing <clears throat> 45, 50 games, which, you know, stinks when you think about the fact that <clears throat> him and Luka together, uh, you know, can make for a nice combo. Um, Tim Hardaway was obviously, and the rest of this team is, is just you know solid role guys who are just know their role and they're, and they're and they're you know good in their role. Tim Hardaway was solid last year. Dorian Finney-Smith is an energy guy, is awesome. Maxi Cleaver, front you know front line guy. Uh, Dwight Powell, same thing. You know these guys can you know step in and be solid in your front court. Jalen Brunson, Trey Burke. It's nice to see him you know continue to carve out a role in this league. Um, you know, they add Willie Cauley-Stein to their front court. Boban is, is still on the roster there. Uh, Wesley Awundu gets added. Um, you know, and then they draft Josh Green, who I think might be able to find some minutes here and there. And then uh, Tyrell Terry uh, and Tyler Bay. Not sure either of those guys really, uh, you know, make any, any sort of uh, headway in the, in the lineup. But uh, as far as their draft goes, you know, I, th- I thought they did well. Uh you know, just looking at their first two picks, Josh Green and Tyrell Terry, I think those are two guys that were a tad undervalued, uh, and um, they're going to go to a team that's already competing. So you're making a team that's already good, even better uh, now and into the future. Um, more so, obviously, in the future when it comes to rookies. But either way, um, 
So, you know, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, moving on from Dallas over to Denver. Uh, Denver uh, addresses their first-round pick uh, needs with Zeke Naji uh, out of uh, excuse me out of Arizona. Uh, long, athletic, energy, big, who can block shots, rebounds the hell out of the ball. Um, you know, and it's just a, a pure energy guy who can also has also has a nice mid-range game as a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, working on, on expanding this game. You know, um, his upside's nice. I, I like that fit in, in, in Denver, and Denver's typically a team who drafts well. Uh, they identified talent well, and they continue to uh, to build out their roster. Um, and so I can see him being a nice fit down the road, but as far as getting minutes, it's going to be tough with Isaiah Hartenstein coming in, Bull Bull being in another year there and having Rookie of the Year aspirations. Uh, Jermichael Green signs this team. Millsap comes back. And, of course, we know what MPJ uh, has been able to do in his time in the bubble. And so uh, a crowded front court, to say the least, uh, and a crowded backcourt uh, as, as well when you consider uh, Will Barton returns. Gary Harris is, uh, you know, is still there. Uh, and we've got J- Jamal Murray, who, who has developed into probably one of the better scorers in the league. Um, just pound for pound, one of the better scorers in the league. Uh, Nikola Jokic and uh, he are uh, two guys that have, have uh, carved out, uh, you know, a, a, a hell of a lot of respect, uh, you know, from just about anybody who watches, uh, you know, basketball. If you watch any any of the playoff basketball with with the, with, the, with those two guys, what they did uh, was amazing. And um, you know, I'm hoping to see uh, you know even more of a uh, you know even more of a role. Uh, carved out for PJ Dozier, who I thought you know was, had a nice, uh, nice showing in the bubble. Um, Monte Morris is obviously you know always going to be in the mix there. Uh, the reason why I mentioned you know the backcourt is uh, they also uh, drafted RJ Hampton, who uh, probably won't be able to show it this year simply because you know this is a playoff team that's already loaded. Um, but uh, you know hopefully if, uh, if you have the chance to watch any G League games, should he be assigned there, which I would assume he would be. Uh, hopefully you'll, you'll get to see a guy who I think has a lot, a uh, lot to show. I don't think he quite got to, you know, got to quite showed exactly what he's capable of in the NBL. Not that he didn't play well. I thought he played fine. Um, I just think there's more uh, to him uh, that hopefully can get developed over the next year or two that can make this team uh, even better in the backcourt. Um, all right. So from there, uh, we go from Denver to Detroit, and um, so Jeremy Grant uh, changes teams over from Denver, wants a bigger role, bigger contract from what it looks like. Um, can't really blame the guy on betting on himself and wanting, wanting a, you know, a bigger opportunity. Goes to Detroit, um, I believe on a three-year, $60 million deal. Um, you know, and I got, got a chance to watch Detroit a little bit last night. I... I Kind of like Jeremy Grant's role a little bit more um, in Denver. It just seemed to feel a little bit better as a guy who can catch and shoot and spread the floor from three, and you know, could be a you know pretty decent team defender. Um, I don't know how much of his how much of his game can really expand to to allow for him to uh, thrive in in a in a uh, expanded role in a team that uh, you know is probably going to struggle to make the playoffs. But you know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Blake Griffin returns. Derek Rose, uh, obviously, is the starting point guard there. They add Mason Plumley. Um, 
you know, and then last night you got a chance to see if you got got a chance to watch the uh, second preseason game in Detroit. You got to see uh, Saku uh, Dumboya uh, have a 23-point game. Uh, I think he went at 8 of 11 from the field. Shot looked good. He looked, you know, confident. Looked like he's really kind of growing into his uh, his NBA uh, his NBA role. Just as you know, as a guy who can come in and you know ha- has the uh, positional size and some of the things that you like in terms of being on the stretch the floor. And hopefully, you know, he can add some add some more minutes to his time this year. Uh, probably will still be a guy that's uh, you know more towards the middle to end of the end of the bench, but. Um, you know, depending upon how like Sadiq Bay Sadiq Bay plays, um, you know Jeremy Grant and some of these other guys in front of him, maybe there's an opportunity in there for him. I sort of hope so because I think there's uh, I think there's I think there's some 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 gold there with him. Uh, Sadiq Bay I, I like as a as a catch and shoot three. I don't know how much he'll be able to do uh, attacking off the bounce, but um, I like him nonetheless. Um, you know Isaiah Stewart. Uh, you know, it's a crowded front court, like I mentioned in Detroit. I just don't know how much of an opportunity there's going to be there for him. Um, love his wingspan. Love the fact that he can play uh, facing the basket or he can play with his back to the basket. He's got some nice touch. Um, reasonably athletic at this level. Uh, you know, nice a nice player. Um, you know. I just don't know how much of how much of use he's going to get uh, in Detroit, you know, first year or two, depending upon how these rosters shake out. And of course, last but not least, uh, they draft number seven overall, Killian Hayes. Uh, Killian, uh, I think in his first two preseason games, is, uh, has you know hasn't hasn't really shown uh, what a lot of people you know feel like they saw that made them feel like he was uh, destined to be. Uh, the number one player uh, in this draft. Um, for me personally, um, I never really saw a guy that I thought was a knockdown shooter. Good shooter, but not knockdown. Um, definitely can operate in the pick and roll. Definitely a, a good passer. But he's going to have high, high turnover games too. I think he's already had one where he's had like five or six turnovers. Uh, and then he had another one, a uh, second one, where I only think he only had you know a couple, a couple turnovers. Um, but... You know, he's going to have some tough shooting games. He's going to have some tough uh, turnover games. But, you know, for the most part, um, 19 years old and a kid that uh, certainly is confident in what he can do. Um, I don't get the feel from him that he doesn't feel like he doesn't belong out there, that, that he's, you know, intimidated by the moment. Uh, and, I, and I like that. Uh, any guy that can go out and reasonably play their game uh, and doesn't get caught up in the uh, where I'm playing or what level I'm playing at and just goes out and tries to perform, uh, I think long term that can that can help with the confidence of, of young guys that are looking to uh, you know reasonably come in and make an impact for their team day one. So, um, so from Detroit, we go on to Golden State. You know, obviously Golden State two years in a row not playing with Clay. That's not uh, that's not an ideal for a team that's you know looking to get back into playoff contention. Losing a guy who is uh, one of the better. Uh, you know, one of the better two-way players uh, in the last, I'd say, 20 years, you know. Um, efficient in the way he can shoot the ball, score the ball. He can give you 25 and, and <clears throat> not even need to, uh, you know, to r- really have the ball in his hands. So it's hard to replace that. You certainly would hope to try with uh, adding, you know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with uh, adding Kelly Oubre and uh, 
you know, seeing what Andrew Wiggins, between those two, what they can give you uh, this year. Steph Curry coming back, obviously, is huge for spacing and just, hell, just scoring in general. Uh, you talk about a team that's going to be without uh, Clay. Uh, you're going to need uh, all the help you can get in terms of scoring to, to make up for some of that that you're going to lose with him. Uh, but this team, you know, this team has always hung its hat on defense and what, how they defend night in, night out when Draymond uh, joins them. And then you think about all the young players that were able to kind of come to the forefront last year uh, with Steph and Clay being out. Um, you know, Damian Lee played some really solid minutes. Uh, Marquise Chris, Brad Wanamaker joins his team. You know, James Wiseman is their draft pick. Uh, you know, James, I think, has an opportunity there to, to be, uh, you know, a long-term piece uh, in that role that they've been searching desperately to try to find a long-term answer for. Uh, Jordan Poole, um, you know, getting Nico Mannion 48th overall. Um, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, you, you saw the report where people are saying, uh, or executives were saying they were surprised he slid, slid that far down. And I'm thinking, well, some of you had picks before 48 and you didn't take them. So it can't be that strange. Um, but look, you know, if we go back to the early, early in this draft process, even before, you know, you know months before this draft even, you know, really started taking uh, taking shape, you're talking about a guy that was getting lottery, uh, you know, considerations and talk, you know, at least through the media and, uh, you know, different guy, people put together mock drafts and stuff like that. So if you can end up getting a guy – who has first round talent that late into the second round, uh, you know, you take you, you take it. I mean, it's the last 12 picks. So, you know, hopefully he's able to carve out a nice role for himself uh, in Golden State. Uh, but, you know, I, like I said, I think it really just boils down to how well his team guards. Um, you know, I think for the most part, Kelly's going to be a nice addition for them. Love to see Andrew Wiggins really uh, put – both feet into the sand to take a stand and, and really take that next step in his career. I think that's, uh, you know, I was watching the preseason game last night and Joe Lake up the owner of the team was saying, you know, something similar, you know, along the lines that, you know, they know and he knows that this is, you know, his, his opportunity to really prove himself as an NBA player. Um, so hopefully he takes that challenge and, and uh, rises to it. Uh, all right, Golden State. Um, we finished Golden State and go on to Houston. Obviously Houston with uh, – with the Russ and uh, John Wall trade, that's obviously uh, at the forefront of this whole thing. Um, you know, I thought John, to this point, has uh, you know shown some nice things in terms of shooting. Uh, I like some of the mid-range pull-ups I've seen, some of the um, you know pull-up threes. And the reason reason I like it, it's not you know some of the shot selections questionable or whatnot or can be, but the reason I like it is because he's taking jump shots now more with. You know, confidence and knowing that's what he wants to do, and showing balance and footwork, and uh, in his shot that uh, you know could maybe make him a little inefficient in years past. And you know, you like it obviously because he's coming off a um, you know coming off a, an injury where you know it's relying upon his explosion and his athleticism, and to have to rely on that uh, all the time after coming off an injury like that uh, is not always ideal. So to be able to confidently take jump shots. Um, you know, obviously you want to take good shots. You don't want to just take them just for the sake of taking them. But being able to take jump shots confidently and knock them down, uh, I think can, can help with his long-term uh, ability to get back and still fold in the NBA. Um, you know, and same some similar sentiments uh, that I have for DeMarcus Cousins. You know, um, what, his, what his role ends up being there. I mean, starter, you know, or, 
you know, how many minutes he's able to get, how many games they will play, we'll see. Uh, you know, obviously, when healthy, you know, it's it's very clear that over over the years, even even with him being injured uh, and whatever off time he's had, he's been able to work on his continue to work on his three, and I feel like he's uh, definitely a threat from three. I mean, he's always he's always had that in his game, but it's. Uh, it's looking more and more like that's a shot that he's more than happy to not only take, but he's he's confident knowing he can make it, um, at, you know, at a, at an even better rate than he was making in Sacramento. And of course, you know how strong uh, and skilled he is, being able to put the ball on the floor and score at the rim. So he's still going to be able to take advantage of guys uh, who don't have the foot speed or the strength to keep up with him. Um, so there's still that. Uh, is he going to be all-star level Boogie Cousins? I don't know if I'd expect that, but uh, you know. Uh, depending upon how much they're able to get out of James Harden, whether or not James is able to buy in or wants to buy in, uh, will really kind of determine just how well uh, this team can be or play uh, in terms of the win-loss column. Uh, you know, P.J. Tucker is, uh, you know, in the middle of, uh, you know, looking at for a contract extensions, being asked about it, you know, every other day it seems like. Uh, they add Christian Wood into the fold there, um, you know, well-deserved on his end, uh, you know, and, the usual, the usual suspects in terms of Eric Gordon, Ben McElmore, uh, they add Sterling Brown, uh, Jay Sean Tate comes over from the NBL, uh, former five-star prospect who went to Ohio State, now about 25 years old. Bruno Caboclo, um, you know, showing his uh, stretch shooting abilities. Uh, you know, they get Mason Jones as an undrafted free agent, which I thought was a nice uh, undrafted free agent, uh, free agent signing. Uh, as a big who can stretch the floor and also uh, put the ball on the floor. Um, obviously, it'll be a G League candidate and whatnot for for them, but uh, still uh, an interesting signing nonetheless. So, you know, uh, who's to say what this team's going to get out of James Harden and how much, uh, you know, how much you know, he's going to give them and whether or not he's eventually moved. Um, obviously, I think he continues to make it clear that that's what he wants, and so be it. Um, you know, you'd love to be able to see what him and Wall can do together. Um, for more than just a season or half a season, but you know it's a business. So if this, if that's what happens, that's what happens. Um, really, for me, I just want to see a healthy John Walfer as close to a season as possible, and uh, really be able to enjoy watching him again on a night in and night out basis. All right, so from Houston, we go over to Indiana. Uh, you know, look, Indiana. You know, when you think about Malcolm Brogdon, when you think about you know T.J. Warren, what he was able to do in the bubble. DeMontis Sabonis, an all-star level player, and then Victor Aladipo hopefully coming back uh, as close to fully healthy as possible. Obviously, during the bubble, he didn't look that way, and so hopefully now he's, uh, you know, a little bit closer to that. Um, you know, who's to say? Uh, Miles Turner's been, you know, in, in some trade rumors. Uh, Victor Aladipo in some as well. But, um, you know, it's a team that could look different by the trade deadline, or they, or they could be... You know, a middle of the, a middle of the road Eastern Conference playoff team. Um, I mean, they do have scoring talent on this team between Sabonis, Warren, Brogdon, and Eladipo. Assuming all are healthy and on the floor and able to give you, you know, what you know the minutes that you would hope to get out of them. You know, I would think that this team would be uh, relatively solid towards you know the bottom of the East. You know, six, seven seed somewhere in there. Um, you know, if Oladipo is really able to 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 show something more. Uh, or Malcolm Brogdon just takes that big of a step up, or T.J. Warren's able to, you know, to continue to score at a high level like it was uh, in the bubble. But I, but I would just say, you know, reasonably expectations would be, you know, 
lower tier playoff team in the East. Um, Cassius Winston's their only draft pick, I believe it's uh, pick fifty four. Uh, look, Cassius Winston, depending on who you talk to, was you know first round talent for some people. Uh, I wasn't one of those folks, but he does shoot it and, and try to score it with confidence, and he's a hell of an athlete. Um, you know, and that's that's saying it all all lightly. Uh, wouldn't be surprising to me at all if he was able to uh, make an NBA roster, uh, whether it be this one or you know down the road. Um, all right, so from Indiana, we go out to uh, Los Angeles, and we'll start with the Clippers since we are doing this alphabetical order. This is no way me uh, trying to show my allegiance to one side of the aisle or the other. I know that would get me yelled at uh, by whatever side uh, would, would, would choose to do so. Um, but, so, the Clippers, uh, you know... I think by and large, uh, whatever the buy-in factor between Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard will be, uh, you know, can determine what this team looks like, you know, for the for the for the duration of the season. Paul George obviously gets the max extension. Some you know some like it, some don't. You know, I, this is how I look at it. If he gets back to being an MVP caliber candidate, and we can get past all all the nonsense of, you know, him disappearing. Not making sure, you know, we and he can just play basketball and start really focusing on the type of player he's capable of being. Can he be overrated at times? Yeah, that's that can certainly be out there, but he can also be a damn good player. So, you know, uh, I, you know, you're not going to find too many, too many two way guys in this league who, uh, who are able to get you wins, whether it's regular season wins, uh, that may translate into playoff wins. We'll see, but either way. Uh, he's gonna be one of the main guys, whether you, whether you like it or not. As far as that team, as far as that team goes, Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, again, it's for me. It's, for me, it's just the buying factor for these dudes. You know, if they if they if they're bought in, I think the rest of the team kind of falls in. You know, there's a lot said and written. You know, uh, suggesting that people you know felt a certain way about their preferential treatment, talking about PG and Kawhi. But you know, when you're a player of a certain level, uh, all these guys are going to get preferential treatment. Uh, if you're, you know, basically top ten, top fifteen, top twenty guy, you know, what I mean, it's, it's not, you know, there's only but so many, and so you know, teams are going to try to keep those guys happy so they can keep winning. Um, you know, and how much of it's true, not true, how accurate, not accurate, uh, it's not up for me to speculate. It's none of my business. Um, you know, uh, I do like the addition of uh, Luke Kennard from a shooting standpoint, but also being able to operate in the pick and roll in the backcourt. Uh, that's something he's always excelled in. Uh, even at Duke, uh, was something I liked about him uh, being able to shoot those short little pull-ups in the, uh, you know, in the snake dribble situations. Um, it was something I, I thought, uh, uh, you know, was a value to this team that basically features. Guys like Patrick Beverly, who's not really known to be a scorer or creator. Lou Williams, who's more of a scorer than he is a creator for others. Uh, so to be able to add shooting and a guy who can, who can, uh, you know, help facilitate out of the pick and roll, I think is is uh, is helpful. Serge Ibaka joins his team. Uh, you know, and nothing against Montrez. I think uh, Serge, you know, can be a, be an upgrade. Um, you know, I think uh, you know Montrez upgrades. Uh, the Lakers, but I also think that uh, Serge upgrades his team 
because I think uh, the, the the Clippers, I should say, um, you know, it's a team that that does need rim protection and and some more defense uh, in the front line. So, um, you know, I thought it was a was a quality signing uh, on their part from that standpoint. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, by and large, I mean this team, you know, you know, bringing uh, Marcus Morris in, you know, uh, there's there's not. Uh, yeah, you know, it it feels like they stayed the course and 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 you know took you know slight tick up you know improvement, um, but not you know not to the level of the team we're about to talk about, which is uh, the L.A. Lakers. Uh, when you look at it, first of all, uh, you know winning a title is one thing. Winning the off season after winning the title is is uh, it's uh, it's almost unfair, quite honestly. And then you see what uh, Taylor Horton Tucker's been able to do. I mean, you know, this team's getting better, whether it's through the draft, through free agency, or just plain simply from having two of the top three, four, five best players in the world. Uh, it's just, you know, uh, it's it's uh, it's something else. I mean, the way that this team has come together is is, is something else. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, you know, coming in, uh, gives them a viable scoring option at the point guard. Um you know, Alex Crusoe is obviously going to get the backup minutes there. Look, I'm optimistic on what kind of role Taylor Horton Tucker can eventually carve out for himself. You know, people uh, after his 33-point preseason game were suggesting he should start. Look, I, I'm of the mindset if down the road, if you're still looking for a starting point guard, not to say that Dennis Schroeder, I mean, Dennis Schroeder's been a starter in this league. Alex Crusoe's been a nice, you know, bench player since he's been in the league. Uh, you know, but I'm of the mindset that, that down the road doesn't necessarily have to be this season or whatever, but he, his role will continue to get bigger and bigger. Um, you know, and uh, once it does, you know, uh, the best position for me that he can play would be point guard. Uh, not to say he couldn't play off the ball or whatever and, and be a secondary creator, but um. And he probably and he probably should be. I mean, especially if LeBron's going to be on the roster. But regardless, I mean, uh, you know, at some point his role is going to have to expand. Um, and again, this isn't me talking because of recency bias of what he's done in, in the preseason. I've been watching him since he was at Simeon High School. I've I've, I've seen uh, what this guy can do at every level, and he continues to produce. Uh, it's it's I, I, my eyes aren't deceiving me on this one. I I know that for sure. Now, is he the most efficient scorer in the world? No. Can he take some shots? Of, you know, have you uh, scratching your head? Of course. You know, in one preseason game, he shoots terribly. In the next one, he shoots, you know, exponentially well. Uh, both, I think, are are not telltale signs of who he is. Uh, I think he's, you know, more, you know, in the middle of the road. Is he going to have some bad shooting games? Of course. Um, but they don't have an, 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 a knockdown score at point guard right now anyway. So if he can, if at some point down the road, it doesn't have to even be the season, but at some point down the road, uh, he can develop that and become uh, at the very least a, a more efficient three point shooter. You know, I think there's definite possibility for him to find a larger role. Um, but to expect it to happen after having a good G League year and a couple good preseason games on a team that's looking to repeat as champions, yeah. I mean, if you say that out loud, it sounds crazy. So. Um, you know, but I, I would definitely love to see him get uh, more of an expanded role 
uh, and I think deservedly so. And as far as the rest of the team, you know, getting Marquise Morris on on the deal they get him on Wesley Matthews, same thing. I mean, if Kyle Kuzma is able to you know kind of have a little bit of a resurgence, and then you add in Marcus Saul as, as a you know as the passer and in the, in the smart basketball player that he's been throughout his career, Montrez Hair. I mean, dude, it's 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 uh. It's uh, it's 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 spooky season, uh, for the for the green or for the green. <laughs> it's spooky season for uh the yellow and purple, uh gold and purple, whatever you want to call it. Um, but so from uh from L.A., we go out to Memphis. Uh, listen, Memphis is one of my favorite teams to follow in the draft every year. Whether it was John Morant last year, Dylan Brooks, uh. You know, uh, Jaron Jackson, uh, you know, Brandon Clark, DeAnthony Melton. Um, and now this year you look at uh, adding uh, Xavier Tillman and Desmond Bain. Xavier, uh, you know, is a guy who can guard in space, Big Ten pl- uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, you know, can stretch the floor from three. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily going to be a huge part of his game, but down the road, you know, continue to get better. Uh, because he could definitely shoot threes at Michigan State, um, <clears throat> but you know, high IQ passer, um, you know, and a, and a guy that I can just see that's just willing to go in and and do whatever little things is needed. Um, you know, Desmond Bain's one of the you know best shooters in this draft, uh, an excellent passer in his own right, and it fits that mold of what the NBA has been looking for uh, when it comes to um, you know when it comes to you know big physical. Uh, you know, big physical uh, uh, wings who can come in and guard, but also on the offensive end, stretch the floor. Uh, you know, again, like I said, I mean, Memphis continues to uh, identify as the, the draft as the way in which they want to build, and they've been doing it effectively. So kudos to them. Uh, from Memphis, we go out to Miami. In uh, Miami, you know, is another team that's done a good job building through the draft. Uh, they get Precious Achua. Uh, in the first round, um, you know, I think uh, Precious, is, in terms of adding uh, front court depth behind Bam, will be solid. Uh, a rim runner, shot blocker, uh, you know, rebounder. I don't think he necessarily needs to be much more than that off rip. Just be an energy guy. Just come in, be willing to, be willing to you know, get whatever rebounds in and out of your area that you can. Run the floor as hard as you can. Get some dunks in transition. You know, and then over time, your game will expand. Um, you know, and hopefully he's able to at least, you know, reasonably knock down corner threes as he, as he, uh, you know, grows into his game at the NBA level. Uh, but as far as the rest of this team, you know, the reason why I think Miami was successful in the bubble is because they know exactly who they are. They know what Jimmy Button. They, they when you put five guys on the floor for Miami, you know exactly whichever, which, what every guy is. You know who Jimmy Butler is. You know what he brings. You know who Bam is and what he brings. Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, and on down the line. And they continue to get guys on this roster where it's clear what role they fill, and they just fill it. You know, there's no ego about well, I've got to do this and I've got to expand. That. It's like no, go play your go play your role, and you know do it at a high level. Um, you know, I've grown to respect that about this franchise. Uh, you know, is it is a, is a NBA Finals uh, appearance in the cards again for for this upcoming season? Likely not, 
but do I still expect them to be you know highly competitive in the East? Of course. Um, you know, and that's all due to the fact that again, having an identity and knowing who you are uh, is crucial uh, on both ends, and being able to get down and guard uh, is certainly crucial as well. Um, and Miami does that. Um, so moving on from Miami, we go to Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee, uh, you know, look, the addition of Drew Holiday uh, is nice, but what 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 I'm looking for is Giannis to expand his offensive game. Just something in the mid range. Just just give me a mid range pull up, a 10, 12 foot jump shot, something. Because as you go deeper into the playoffs, and this team's goal isn't to be a good regular season team and then to fade in the playoffs. It's to be a good playoff team, a championship contender. Well, as you go deeper into the playoffs, I'm, I'm a big believer that you're superstars, okay? If we're calling Giannis your superstar, then your superstars need to be able to score at all four levels to the best of their ability. We know Giannis can drive and put his head down and get to the rim, okay? Because of his physical, you know, who, who he is physically. We know, uh, you know, that he's tough to stop in that way. But what we don't know is the jump shot's there. The three-point shot's just not there. The mid-range shot's definitely not there. And it's just one of those things to where if he can just add a mid-range game and then just over time, don't have to force it. Don't have to try to rush it. As he gets better at shooting threes, he gets better. But in the meantime, we need him to be able to hit a 10 to 12-foot jump shot because at some point then, if he can't make those shots and you're having to play in the half court, then you get Chris Middleton who has to make those shots, and we saw that in the playoffs. And people are sitting there saying, well, why is Chris having to make these shots? Why isn't it Giannis, who's a two-time MVP? And it's like, because he doesn't have it in his bag. And that's not a knock on Giannis. It's just the truth of the matter. His game isn't there yet. And so when it is, and the sooner it is, I think the better it helps his team. Um, But, you know, look, this team, uh, by and large, has to guard night in, night out, uh, and and, and be locked in at that end of the floor. You know, we know what Brooke Lopez can do. We know what Giannis can do as a defensive player of the year. Um, you know, we know what Drew Holiday can do uh, as far as that end of the floor and being one of the better two-way players. You know, I love the addition of D.D. Augustine as far as scoring off the bench. Bobby Portis is already, you know, looking looking pretty good uh, in his first preseason game, putting up a double-double. Uh, Brent Forbes is, you know, uh, a knockdown shooter from the Spurs. Uh, Torrey Craig will be able to see, you know, what exactly he's able to add in his role, um, you know, Jordan Nawara I thought was a you know a pretty solid pick when you consider uh, just a, a, you know adding additional shooting. Um, you know so this team you know got better. Uh, is it championship level better? We'll see. I really think it just comes down to uh, you know how much Giannis is able to do in the half court uh, and how well his team guards night in night out. I mean, if you want to be an NBA you know champion, you got to be able to guard um, night in night out. Uh, no questions asked. Um, all right, from Milwaukee, we go to Minnesota. Now, obviously, Minnesota adds D'Angelo Russell. Carl Anthony Towns is already in the fold, and they get the number one overall pick with Anthony Edwards. Um, you know, I think uh, I think for the most part, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards uh, is a guy that, you know, you want to expect him to be uh, a 20 to 25 a point a game night score He's just not there in terms of efficiency. Uh, if, if you're going to give him a ton of shots, okay. But if you're a team that's got 
guys who are already proven scorers in this league at their position, whether you're talking about D'Angelo or Carl Anthony Towns, it's going to be tough to just you know take a you know a bunch of shots. Um, maybe he could have done it if he was at uh, you know Charlotte, you know for example. Um, but uh, you know this is going to be a situation where it's 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 going to be tough at first. He's going to have to figure out a way to to, to be uh, efficient uh, in his role. Uh, and I think what would be best for him is to really lock in defensively and, and build up confidence on that end and then allow his offensive game to come to him and not try to force it. Um, so he's still able to make an impact, but he's still able to allow the parts of his games that everybody's hoping explodes to come along, you know, and, and, and show itself in due time. I mean, you're going to see, you know, the explosion that he has. You're going to see the athleticism that he has. Um but you're gonna have some some shooting nights where you're just shaking your head like, what the hell is this? And and that's that's what comes with it. Um, but it doesn't mean that that can't evolve and change, uh, or that it won't. Um, as far as the rest of this team goes, Malik Beasley coming back on a four-year deal. I thought, you know, Malik had a nice year last year. Um, Josh Okogie, Jarrett Culver, uh, you know what what role those guys are able to fill, um, you know. Jared obviously is the number six overall pick. Uh, you know they could certainly use as much out of him as, as they can as they can get. Uh, but it'd be one of those situations where uh, you know some guys have a longer leash than others, and his you know it could be very well that uh, his leash uh, if he doesn't start taking a step up this coming season. And again, I know it's only it's only you know a short time he's been in the league, but again, it's one of these deals where you know teams are trying to get better and compete, so. You know, it's at whatever minutes you're able to get, you need to be able to show that you can uh, move forward. And I hope I hope that's the case for uh, for Jared because I really liked him out of Texas Tech, uh, and so I'd really like to see great things happen for him. Um, all right, um, as far as Minnesota goes, we go from Minnesota to uh, New Orleans. Obviously, New Orleans. Uh, well, let's we could talk about the draft uh, real quick. Uh, I thought getting Kira Lewis was was excellent, given that they had uh, uh, traded away uh, Duralde. Uh, to be able to develop a guy like Kira uh, into a two-way sort of guard who can play on or off the ball with his passing ability, his speed, uh, his ability to shoot the three, uh, and his just overall basketball you know IQ, uh, I think fits well with guys like Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, uh, Zion Williamson, you know, those guys are, you know, going to want to play up and down and, and create pace, uh, you know, as best as they can, uh, as often as they can. And, uh, you know, being able to long-term add in a fit like, you know, Kara Lewis, who's you know, obviously not going to come in and play a bunch of minutes. He'll probably pay 10, 15 minutes a game uh, because this is a team that's going to look to, you know, to, to contend for a playoff spot. Um you know, adding in guys like Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams, having Josh Hart already on on the uh, on the roster, as well as uh, Redick um, and Nicolo. Uh, you know, I mean, this is a team that's that's looking to to make a push uh, and get into the playoffs and not be on the outside looking in as they were in the bubble. Um, obviously, the health of Ingram, Ball, Williamson is always going to be uh, a talking point and a sticking point as to. Uh, how good this team can and can't be, um, you know. But uh, I think by and large they've done a nice job through trades and through the draft uh, of really building this team. And um, you know, hats off to David Griffin and that and that uh, and that group. Um, you know, uh, 
one thing is always going to be for sure with New Orleans, uh, especially with Zion being on the team. It's always going to be fun to watch. So uh, from New Orleans, we go to the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks take Obi Toppin, eighth overall. Um, you know, for me, it, uh, I foresee Obi struggling in the half court simply for this for the for these reasons. Um, yes, he's athletic. Right, he's got that Amari Stoudemire type of game with with some hints of, of Blake and all that. But if you think about Amari, you think about Blake. Those guys at the peak of their careers played alongside Hall of Fame point guards that could get them the ball in their spots, and they shined. Now it's unfair to expect that uh, New York is going to be able to find a Hall of Fame point guard uh, in the next you know handful of years uh, throughout Obi's you know uh, rookie contract, but. Uh, having said that, um, you know, the quicker they can find a pick and roll uh, partner with Obi, I think it'll unlock, you know, parts of his game and and not have to m- make it to where he's having to over rely on being a pick and pop three point shooter, which you know he can, you know, be good at, but he can also struggle at, and also you know, rec- you know, uh, uh, hoping that he's going to be able to put the ball on the floor night in and night out uh, and score on his own. Um, to be able to put a guy with him that can help him operate in the pick and roll, I think will be helpful. A guy who can break down defenders, get into the lane and find him in the dunker spots will be helpful. Um, you know, so they're going to have to figure that out by committee, uh, whether it's Alfred Payton, whether it's Frank, um, you know, remains to be seen, but, uh, you know, uh, needs to get figured out in order to unlock that kid to his, his, his full potential. Uh, as far as the other draft pick they had in the first round, 25th overall, Emmanuel quickly out of Kentucky, SEC player of the year last year. Look, Emmanuel to me, uh, for, for, first of all, you know, I think Cal showed us the way as far as Emmanuel goes. You know, play him off the ball. Uh, he has the potential to be a, real, a good player. Um, you know, in the first pre- uh, second preseason game, the Knicks, you know, he checks in and Tibbs is putting him at the one. Um, now, look, I'm all good with, you know, trying to expand that part of his game uh, and seeing, you know, where he can go with that. But, uh, look, by and large, he's an off-ball player. He should be an off-ball player. It's, you know, let that develop over time if that's the goal. But for right now, like, uh, especially if you're wanting him to be able to, you know, come in and, and maybe contribute off your bench, which probably will be limited in, in, regardless, uh, you know, I would just say, you know, give him every opportunity to play off the ball and be able to create his own shots and be able to, you know, make catch and shoot threes and uh, do those sort of things that, you know, where he was, uh, you know, good at uh, in Kentucky uh, and then expand it from there. Uh, as far as the rest of this team goes, I mean, it's obviously a work in progress in New York. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm always happy to watch Mr. Robinson play play basketball. So it's uh, it's one of those deals where, Hope for, you know, a solid year from him. R.J. Barrett, you know, for me, R.J., uh, to expect him to be a wing scorer that's putting up 20, 25 a night, I think is uh, can be a bit of a disservice to him in terms of how people view him. I think if there's a way to find a, a way for him to be uh, more of a balanced scoring and facilitator, um, I think he'd be better off. And just being able to, you know, put other guys around him that can – that can lighten that scoring load for him because expecting him to go out and be a night in, night out, 25, 20, 25 point a game, it's just, it's, it's tough right now with this shot being where it's at. Um, and he doesn't break guys down off the dribble or anything of that nature. So it's, 
it's rough. Uh, but I think being able to get him, uh, you know, around guys where he can he can use some of his passing ability uh, and also be able to, uh, you know, score in his spots uh, but not expected to be the scorer, the go-to scorer, uh, I think would be extremely helpful to him. Uh, all right, moving on from the Knicks, uh, we go out to OKC. Uh, OKC, <clears throat> excuse me, OKC, uh, first-round pick Alexis Pokusevsky. Uh, Alexis uh, played in the Greek Second League last year. Uh, as I'm sure some of you probably heard, he's lauded as a seven-foot guard, which I like to slap people that say say that stuff because he's he's got guard skill. Don't get me wrong, uh, but to sit there, I've I've seen YouTube videos where it's like, oh yeah, he's a seven-foot point guard, and it's like, okay, you know, that's where I get frustrated. Um, but look, Alexis, I think in the first preseason game. Showed you a quick release off the catch from three. Um, he, he is able to grab and go on the defensive boards and, and, and really lead the break and find guys in that way. You know, he had more of a freedom of style of play uh, overseas. Uh, so to be able to replicate that to some degree, to unlock some of what he can do in the open floor and as a shooter and as a, you know, as a guy who wants to get end to end and, and, and be able to uh, score at the other end with layups and, and whatnot. Yeah, that's all well and good. Uh, I think in the offense, uh, in the half court, you know, it's going to be crucial to you know figure out ways to uh, get him in some pick and pops and get him into uh, you know catch and shoot threes. But you know, also trying to find ways where he, he can use his passing ability. I think he's one of the better passers in this draft, and so to not uh, unlock some of that and use it uh, is is in my in my opinion a waste um, to not do that. So hopefully that happens. Uh, Tail Melodon. Uh, it looks like, you know, after his first preseason game, it's going to be a nice pick for Oklahoma City. Um, you know, uh, I was high on, on tail at the beginning of the draft process, and that's as some of his production overseas kind of waned a little bit, and Killian's picked up. You know, I, like a lot of people, I kind of jumped on the Killian train for, for, for a little while. Uh, and then as different guards here domestically got better, uh, it just became easier for tail to kind of slide down draft boards. Uh, and I, th- I really think that's what happened. I don't know if there's anything off court that would have caused him to slide down or anything like that. I haven't heard anything of that nature. Um, but I just think it's, uh, you know, there were a handful of guards that were just continuing to get better and play better here. Uh, and then, you know, internationally, you know, it was Killian that was, you know, kind of taking the uh, taking the reins. So, but, you know, tail slides in the second round to a team that, uh, you know, could, could certainly use. Uh, his shot creation, his passing. I mean, he's a, he's got a good balance of score and pass. Um, a big guard who can get down and you know and and defend pretty well as well. Um, you know, so he, he he looks every bit of being a guy who could be a second round steal, um, given you know where he was drafted, but uh, what he can what he can do. Now, I mean, his shot can be hit or miss, and you know he's not he's not going to be uh, you know. Uh, a, a big time score as he showed to be in his in his first game, um, but uh, you know, in terms of uh, you know in terms of what he can do on the floor, I mean he's certainly got uh, you know an NBA game where he can operate uh, some of the pick and roll, can play off the ball, uh, like I said, shoot three, uh, and he's got a good balance uh, of of being able to create for himself and for others. Uh, you saw some of the passing ability he was able to showcase. 
uh, in his first preseason game uh, that opened up a lot of people's eyes. Again, it's preseason. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, but at the same point in time, it was nice to uh, to see him have that moment for himself and uh, get people's attention. Uh, you know, as far as the rest of this team goes, beyond the draft picks, I mean, Shea Gilge Alexander is going to take over the reins from CP3 and uh, I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do uh you know, as a starting point guard, I'd love to be able to, you know, see him get to a point where he's able to facilitate again and really start uh, creating for others. Uh, he's got some pretty solid shooters around him. Uh, aside from Diallo and, and Dort, who obviously struggle to shoot, uh, they add George Hill, who shot 46% from three last year, I believe. Al Horford's, you know, solid uh, stretch big. Darius Baisley uh, sh- showed some pretty solid shooting ability in the uh, uh, in the bubble. Um you know, so hopefully he's able to uh, to find some of these guys, uh, you know, in the half court set and, and, and get us, you know, become uh, even more of a facilitator. Not so much uh, always having to be a scorer. Um, you know, but for me, uh, as a young team, you, you look at it and, and a, a team that uh, you know doesn't have any stars or anything of that nature, but just has. You know, solid NBA dudes across the board. I mean, it's going to come down to obviously taking care of the basketball, defending hard every night, and every everybody's got to you know play high, you know play high, you know high, uh, play well in their role. Uh, you know, Lugan Stewart, we know what he can do in terms of uh, his ability to defend the ball, uh, but obviously uh, he's got to continue to get better as a shooter. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, get run off, of, you know, uh, you know, cuts and different things where allow him to, you know get into some space and use some of that, his athleticism and, and leaping ability. Same thing with Hamadou. Um, you know, both of those guys are, um, you know, plus athletes. Um, so, uh, you know, as far as the rest of the, the, rest of the team goes, you know, uh, Mike Muscala has obviously, you know, had a been a nice addition for them. Um, you know, even, you know, going back to last year, I mean, uh, in the preseason game so far, he should really shot the three well. So, you know, it's uh, it's one of those deals where I think, you know, across the board, this is still a team uh, that could contend for a playoff spot depending upon how well they guard night in and night out. Okay, from Oklahoma City, we go out to Orlando. Um, you know, in Orlando for me um, was a team that uh, – you know, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a whole lot uh, that they did necessarily on the surface to uh, to get better. Um, not to say that they're not still potentially a playoff contender around the eighth you know eighth seed in the East, but when you keep in mind that uh, you know Brooklyn's automatically going to take a leap up, I think it's safe to say that uh, you know barring any sort of you know weird. Uh, results in Atlanta they should take a step up and so that's two teams uh, you know that were either not in the playoffs or, or right there at the eighth seed they're gonna they're gonna go up uh, so you know with that being said you know what's that do with uh, with Orlando um, you know to me this is a team that uh, you know because other teams behind them are getting better and other teams around them are getting better it's a team that's got uh, not a whole lot of uh, margin for error um, they need to be able to take care of the basketball. They need to be able to guard it well night in and night out. And then they need guys that are going to be able to step up. Um, it was good to see Markel Fultz play the way he did in the second preseason game. 
Uh, hopefully he continues to play uh, at a high level. Obviously, I'm not expecting him to go out and give you 20, 25 a night with six, seven assists or anything like that, but would just be nice to be able to see him, number one, obviously stay on the court and be healthy. Uh, two, continue to, you know, to, to get reps in with his shot and, and get better uh, in that regard and then really just grow in his confidence as a, as a young player uh, because confidence has been something he hasn't been able to collect a lot of because of injuries. And um, so hopefully this is that year. Um, but, you know, obviously you want to see Nikola Vucevic play at a, you know, the high all-star level like he's been. Aaron Gordon, you know, what's what's the next peak in his game? What, what's the next level in his game? Uh, and then it's just kind of scoring by committee. Um, you know, Evan Fournier is a shooter. Terrence Ross is a bench scorer. Uh, James Eanes is kind of a glue guy off your bench. Michael Carter-Williams is, you know, a backup guard. And, you know, the only other uh, really wild card here, uh, we'll talk about Cole Anthony in a second, but the only other real wild card here that we really haven't seen a whole lot of is Trumo Kiki as a stretch four. Uh, you know, as a you know, praised as a a, a multi position positional defender coming out of Auburn who could stretch the floor. Um, hopefully, that's the case for Orlando because they could certainly use that. Uh, and and then, like I said, Cole Anthony, fifteenth uh, overall pick. You know, DJ Augustine now being in Milwaukee, uh, needing uh, additional scoring off the bench, uh, ha- having a guy uh, that you know DJ uh, being the scorer that he was able to be off your bench. Um, to be able to replace some of that with uh, Cole Anthony, who now will be able to play in space. Uh, you know, playing at UNC, there really wasn't a ton of space. And, you know, I mean, some of the shots he was taking weren't great at that level, and uh, lack of space hurts. Uh, but at this level, uh, I think, you know, if you look at uh, some of his preseason minutes, you've been able to see some of the, the shots he's able to create uh, on his own. Um, and so hopefully... Uh, in terms of scoring, he's able to fill some of that role uh, that uh, uh, you know that uh, that was left behind by DJ Augustine. All right, uh, moving on from uh, Orlando, we go to Philly. Uh, Philly, uh, you know, obviously it comes down to what they decide to do uh, with Ben Simmons. To to me, I mean, is he going to be the full time point guard? Uh, is he not? Is he going to be more of the pinch post power forward who can be you know? that creator uh, from that pinch post and, and, and be dominant, uh, you know, down the block area, uh, you know, mid-blocked, low-block area. Uh, I think, obviously, that's part of what they need to figure out. Um, you know, if, if, we're, if we've resigned to the fact that he's just not going to, you know, be a shooter, then I think playing below the three-point line is probably his, you know, best move. Uh, Joel Embiid, you know, we know what he can bring on both ends of the floor. Um, to me, outside, you know, deciding who's going to be your full-time point guard, uh, it's deciding, you know, what's Tobias Harris ultimately adds to the bottom line here in Philly. Um, you know, how impactful are his, are his points? Uh, how well does he ultimately help this team guard? You know, and what's his overall, you know, contribution to this team? Um, you know, that's, that is uh, going to help, put, you know, put this team from being a playoff team to being a, you know, a legitimate contender. Um, you know, depending on, you know, Shake Milton, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to be necessarily a point guard there. I, I've never really seen Shake as, as, as a full-time point guard. So to me, uh, you know, who ultimately takes on the point guard roles if, if Ben's not the, if Ben's not that guy, which 
based on how this team's currently laid out, I mean, you got to figure he's going to be. Um, but is that the is that the best you know situation for Philadelphia long term? Uh, this team is needed shooting. Add Daniel uh, Danny Green uh, to the lineup. Obviously, uh, you know had his ups and downs in the bubble, but you know we know what uh, what sort of shooter he can be when he's locked on. Uh, Seth Curry coming over from Dallas uh, in the uh, Josh Richardson trade. Uh, you know, obviously Seth is uh, you know a dead eye shooter in his own right. Um, and Matisse Thibel, um, you know, I think uh, he's more than earned, even in a short time in the league, he's more than earned his role. Uh, and hopefully that role continues to expand for him, uh, especially as he continues to improve as a shooter and offensive player. Um, Dwight Howard coming in as the energy big off the bench. You know, obviously there was a lot of value there in, in uh, L.A. for him uh, in the bubble. And so good to see him uh, continuing to uh, – find opportunities that where he can be, uh, you know, be impactful. Um, you know, and as far as the draft goes, you know, Tyrese Maxey being picked, uh, I believe it was 21st. Um, you know, Tyrese Maxey is, you know, a good combo guard. He's going to be able to attack the rim, shoot, catch and shoot threes. Um, and he just, just plays hard. Uh, he's going to, he's going to get down and guard, um, you know, but he, he's got that glue guy mentality, but he's able to do more. Um, and that's what I like about him. Um, Isaiah Joe, uh, you know, going to be more of a, you know, be a G leaguer, you know, to, to, to start. Paul Reed, same thing. Um, Isaiah Joe, though, I think for what this team needs, uh, you know, uh, in, in terms of shooting, you know, down the road, I mean, you're talking about a guy who in his freshman year shot 41% from three on eight attempts a game and then shot uh, about 34, 35% in his sophomore year on 11 attempts per game. So, uh, you know, if you watch the film on him, which you can look at our uh, look at on our YouTube channel, um, he's certainly a guy that can down the road uh, uh, get you some uh, buckets from beyond beyond uh, beyond the three point line. All right, um, next we go to Phoenix. Um, I, you know, with Phoenix, uh, you know, obviously we'll start with with Jalen Smith since that was their. Uh, their first-round draft pick, lottery pick at that. Uh, look, here's what I'll say. Uh, last year, you know, people raised an eyebrow at Cameron Johnson. Uh, I'd say Cam Johnson has is, 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 is worked out well uh, with Phoenix. Um, and if you just look at what they've done the last two drafts, this draft and, and last draft, they've tried to address as best they could shooting. Um, you know, there needs to be uh, some backup depth to DeAndre Ayton. So to be able to add a guy who theoretically can guard in space uh, in Jalen Smith, um, you know, sometimes better, sometimes has better examples of him being able to do that than others. Um, but being able to, uh, you know, add some rim protection and stress the floor, you know, is that necessarily worthy of a of a lottery pick? Well, if you frame it that way, maybe not. Um, but if you look at it from a fit standpoint and what they needed uh, and what they were trying to do in Phoenix. Um, I don't hate the pick. Um, it's, it's one of those deals where obviously if he's able to um, show some level of, of competence and, and, and production, um, you know, obviously it go, you know the, how you feel about where, where he was drafted at what number uh, starts, to, starts to go away if he's able to uh, you know, show competence and, and, and production, much in the way that Cameron Johnson was able to. Um, you know, and obviously CP3 coming over, 
Um, you know, hope, I, I know they're obviously hoping that that's going to be the piece that's going to push them over over the uh, the playoff hump. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, Chris has been impactful to teams in the in the in, in the regular season uh, before, and you know, we'll see what uh, what it results into in Phoenix. Um, you know, he's got a sizable contract year this year at forty one million. Next year, player option, which I'm sure he'll pick up at forty four million. You know, and if and if you're Phoenix looking to take a step up, it's one of those deals where you know I don't really know what other options you had. Um, you know, I don't know what other teams were gonna. You know, what what other teams you're gonna approach about a trade? Maybe you, you try to, you know, look at a, a Brooklyn and, and approach. You know, try to get a Spencer Dinwiddie who's gonna be a part of the 2021 free agency class, if I'm not mistaken. You know, maybe maybe you try that, but maybe you know Brooklyn doesn't want to do that because they see him as a trade piece that they'll potentially bring over, uh, or be part of bringing over a, a player that they they ultimately uh, want to have in uh, in excuse me in uh, in Brooklyn and they'll help them win uh, a championship. So it's just, you know I don't really know what uh, what options they would have had, but they needed to. Uh, to do something to, to get over the hump. I mean, I think Ricky Rubio was, was nice for him and whatnot, but, uh, you know, the biggest thing for this team really isn't who's playing point guard. It's, it's you know, it's the night in and night out, you know, what kind of defensive effort is this team going to give? You know, because if they're going to give bad effort or if it's just going to be on and on and on and off, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, I remain cautiously optimistic simply because, again, I think it's crucial for this team to, you know, get tougher and more physical and just be able to, you know, get down and guard. Um, you know, I, I think it's pretty safe to say they can they can score with a lot of teams in this league. Uh, but now it's time to, you know, really lock in and, and become a defensive team or have, you know, develop more of a defensive identity. Um, you know, I think it's nice, you know, you'd be able to add guys like Etwan Moore, uh, you know, uh, Langston Galloway. You know, guys who can come off your bench and score. Jay Crowder, you know, it's kind of that, uh, again, that, that wing that can uh, guard multiple positions, add some toughness, and stretch the floor for you. But, again, it's a team that's really got to figure out that defensive end uh, before they can take any any steps forward. So we'll see if they do that. Um, from Phoenix, we go to Portland. Uh, Portland, obviously, we know what Dame and CJ add to this team. You know, I think that's been a – a given for for some time now, um, you know, and uh, you know, aside from their backcourt, uh, you know, on paper, being able to have Robert Covington come over to help shore up that defense, Rodney Hood coming in to you know to, to add scoring off your bench, Zach Collins, hopefully coming back and staying healthy uh, for a large chunk of the season, uh, and then being able to have wings like Gary Trent, uh, Derek Jones. Carmelo Anthony is, is, you know, coming in, so, you know, is back in the fold. Is, uh, you know, likely coming off the bench and, you know, helping your second unit in terms of scoring. Enos Cantor returns. They get Harry Jowell on what I think is a awesome deal. Uh, him getting a chance to, uh, you know, to really show what he can do uh, in the first two preseason games against uh, Sacramento's old team. He's uh, he's looked pretty good. And so hopefully he's able to continue that, uh, that play. Uh, throughout the season, even though it might be in a pretty limited role. Um, hopefully he's able to add more minutes and carve out a nice little uh, spot for himself there in uh, Portland. But, you know, I mean, by and large, I mean, this is 
again, this is a team that, uh, you know, I feel like if they wanted to, to advance, they've got to be able to identify uh, ways in which they're going to, you know, be tough to uh, to score against to score against them. Uh, we know, obviously, offensively, they they can do quite well, um, but you know, they've got to be able to get down and guard, just like some a lot of these other teams. Uh, you know, they can that can score, but on the opposite end, can you can you get a stop? You know. On paper, again, having you know Nurkic and uh, Covington in your front line, uh, that certainly on paper should help. But uh, you know, if, if Nurkic is in out of the lineup with an injury, uh, you know that could change things. Um, you know, so we'll see. Um, but uh, you know, by and large, I, I liked some of the offseason moves that uh, you know that Portland made. Um, I really don't have any any issue with any of them. Uh, like I said, it's just for me uh, what they do on the defensive end. Um, all right. So from there, in Portland, we go to Sacramento. Sacramento uh, with the twelfth overall pick uh, uh, takes Tyrese Halliburton. Excuse me. Um, and look, you know, watching the first two uh, preseason games uh, for Sacramento, um, you know, it for me it was one of those deals where uh, looking at uh, looking at Halliburton, you know, I felt like in the first game he was, you know, trying to find his way, you know, trying to uh, figure out a way to, uh, you know, play within the offense, but he just wasn't himself. Um, and then the second game, which I haven't had a chance to really go back and watch, it looks like he, you know, started figuring some things out because you saw some of the assist, the assist numbers go up, um, you know. And so, look, his role as a secondary creator and being able to be a, an additional shot maker and a, a, an additional creator for others alongside, you know, Fox, you know, heals more, obviously, of a score, Bagley more of a score. Uh, but you need guys who are going to move the ball and, and get guys involved, but also be able to, you know, knock down open shots or create their own shot. Uh, you know, and Tyrese Halliburton, you know, checks those boxes pretty well. Uh, you know, and, and definitely uh, once once he gets acclimated to the speed of the game and gets a little more comfortable, uh, I think you'll start to see more of his passing, uh, which, you know, when he was at Iowa State was, was pretty good in his own right. Uh, you know, but by and large, I mean, this is a team that's still trying to figure it out, you know, in terms of, you know, how to be a playoff team. Um, you know, Fox is, you know, one of the premier young point guards in the league and obviously has been since he's come into the league. Um, you know, Buddy Heald has been vocal about wanting a, a bigger role, more shots, that type of thing. And, you know, Marvin Bagley has the potential to be a 20-10 and 10 guy. Um, if these guys can, can, you know, kind of fill their role, you know, and, and and play at or above expectations, and you know this is a gonna be, could be a fun team to watch with Halliburton. Um, but if not, you know, miss you know basically a, a non-playoff team who could who could you know struggle mightily, uh, you know, most nights. And so you know it's really gonna depend depend upon which team shows up every night, the team that's gonna get full effort uh, and lock in, or it's gonna be the team that. Uh, you know, looks young, plays young, uh, and doesn't really get much done. Um, so, you know, we will uh, we'll see how that how that turns out. From uh, Sacramento, we go to the Spurs. Um, 
Spurs take Devin uh, Vassell uh, out of Florida State. Uh, excuse me. As I'm going through, I'm just marking where I'm starting these teams out at, so it's easier for me to let you guys know where to start listening to certain teams uh, as you uh, navigate this podcast. All right, so uh, the Spurs. Um, you know, getting Devin Vassell uh, from Florida State uh, in the lottery. You know, Devin, I think, has got some nice two-way ability and shot-making ability. Uh, athleticism is certainly there. Uh, I think it'll take time for him physically to, to, to adjust to the game. Um, but at the same point in time, um, you know, he's, he's got some nice passing instincts. Uh, he's, he's got the ability to score in that mid-range uh, that the Spurs love to do. And as well as spread the floor uh, from three, uh, and again, you know, just a, a good team defender uh, who has the potential to be even better. Um, so he, to me, you know, fits what San Antonio typically uh, is been known for. And um, you know, you look at the rest of this team between DeRozan, Aldridge, White, Murray. That's that's your core of guys that uh, you know that you get the bulk of your scoring from, your your playmaking from. Um, you know, and then you take into account Trey Lyles, who uh, the Spurs uh, seem to like, Kelvin Johnson, um, you know, who I thought had some really nice moments in the bubble, uh, Jakob Pertl and Rudy Gay, uh, and Patty Mills. Um, so, you know, I mean, this, you know, there's multiple guys here that uh, can be taken into the fold. Um, but it's, for me, it's one of those things to where, uh, you know, Who's basically your go-to guy? Uh, you know, night in, night out. Uh, DeRozan obviously is 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 at the top of the marquee, but um, you know, on his off nights, is it going to be Derek White that steps up consistently enough? Uh, Marcus Aldridge. Um, you know, I think this is a I think this is a team that uh, you know should be able to do well scoring the ball. How well they do defending the ball. Um, you know, still kind of remains to be seen. Shante Murray aside, uh, obviously we know what he's he's capable of on that side of the ball. Um, you know, but for me, uh, you know, I'm this. I mean, given how competitive I believe the six through eight seed is going to be for this uh, upcoming uh, this upcoming playoff run uh, that teams are going to end up making, uh, you know, later in the season, I just think it's going to be tough for for San Antonio to squeak through again. Um, you know, obviously they got pretty close uh, in the bubble, but uh, just couldn't quite get there. So uh, I'd expect much of the same, quite honestly. Um, so from the Spurs, we go to Toronto. Uh, you know, if you look at Toronto last year, obviously they hung their hat on uh, on defense. Um, you know, it wasn't... Uh, pretty when it came to half-court offense a lot, but, um, you know, I think by and large, uh, what they were able to do defensively as a team, uh, and then what they were able to kind of piece together here and there offensively uh, was encouraging, but they just don't have a, you know, they don't have a, a you know, a go-to shot maker. Uh, you know, Kyle did as best he could, pushed it to seven games with Boston, you know, Fred Van Vliet had some really nice moments, and Pascal is, is still trying to expand his offensive game. Uh, I think OG Ananobi has a chance to have a really big breakout year. Uh, he seems to be getting more and more comfortable every time I watch him. 
you know, and obviously adding Aaron Baines after losing Marcus Gasol, uh, you know, makes it to where you're not. It's not such a huge drop off. Um, obviously, having Marcus Gasol is ideal, but uh, what Aaron Baines has been able to do, especially in his time in Phoenix, uh, you know, was noticeable, and um, I think he'll fit well with this team. Um, you know, but this team is, is uh, you know, by and large, done a really nice job through the draft. Uh, it's another team that uh, I've gained a great deal of respect for watching how they've uh, been able to draft over the years uh, you know what moves they've been able to make on draft night and um, you know there's some guys that are coming off the bench here that uh, you know young guys that are coming off the bench here that uh, could be uh, fun to watch Terrence Davis Malachi Flynn um, you know uh, so it's uh, it's it, it's a it's an interesting fun team uh, I just wish they had, you know, a guy that could go get them a bucket when when they absolutely needed it. Uh, Kyle Lowry, you know, can only go do but so much. Same with Van Bleet. Uh, I mean, they're nice. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I'll give all the respect in the world for Kyle as far as what he was able to do to, you know, push that team uh, as far as uh, he did. Uh, but him and Van Bleet are only going to be able to do so much. So at some point, it's either going to have to be Pascal you know, adding some shots to his bag that he wasn't able to, uh, you know, to pull out in the playoffs. Um, you know, if he can do that, um, and maybe some of these these other young guys can take a step up, maybe they're able to then uh, get into the Eastern Conference uh, Finals. Uh, I think the team guards that well, um, but they they need a shot maker. You know, late in shot clocks are just a go-to guy that they can, you know, and again, uh, I think Kyle can do some of that. I think Van Vliet can do some of that. But I think if you go back and you watch, you know, some of the playoff uh, games that they had, especially against Boston, it was just Boston always tended to have a guy. You know, Tatum is a guy. That's the type of guy that you want, hoping that you're going to be able to go down and get you a bucket. Um, and they just don't have guys, you know, a, a guy they can go to. Uh, and I think... They've got a, a team that can push him butt so far, and at some point they're going to either have to have some other guys step up and do it by a complete committee between guys like Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, Ananobi, uh, or at some point you know add somebody into this roster uh, that, that can be that guy. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but still, I mean, I think uh, Toronto will be a playoff team without, uh, without question. Uh, Utah. All right, so Utah. Utah. Um, look, we all know. Uh, I think by and large, I think we all know just how good this team can be uh, defensively as a unit with uh, Rudy leading, leading the charge there. Offensively, we, we know, you know, the uh, offense is led by Donovan Mitchell. Uh, outside of that, they've got nice NBA role players. And uh, it's, you know, this is, to me, this continues to be a second-round type of team. Uh, their defense can get them past the first round with, you know, good outf- uh, you know good offensive out- out- uh, uh, showing from Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but outside of that, they, they, I don't know how much more they can push it beyond that. Um, again, nice NBA role players with Joe Ingles, O'Neal, you know, Royce O'Neal, Jordan Clarkson, 
you know, guys like that. You know, Conley uh, just hasn't played to the level that, that I'm sure they would have hoped for. But this team needs an, a second guy that can uh, create a shot for them uh, and, be, and be reliable and consistent in that way. And, uh, you know, again, the defense is nice. The fact that they have a, a good, solid team top to bottom uh, is, is, is cool. It's, it's, you know, like I said, that can get them into the playoffs. That can certainly, uh, you know, allow them to continue to be competitive in that way. But uh, I think it's really going to be limiting until they figure out, you know, who else they can add to this team uh, that will help push them. Uh, to that next level. All right, uh, and then we will finish with uh, Washington. Uh, look, I am, I am, uh, one second, with Washington. Uh, so now, look, you know, obviously Russ and uh, John Wall swapping places. You know, I don't know if how much of a huge difference it makes. You know, Bradley Beal is Bradley Beal. Uh, what I'm more focused on is what the rest of these guys can do. Um, you know, Bertans obviously gets a, you know, gets a gets a sizable contract because of how well he can shoot. Rui is is a nice second year player uh, that you hope can continue to take you know positive steps forward. You know, Thomas Bryant has has been an energy guy who's certainly earned his his way into the league. The way he's gone about it, playing as hard as he plays, uh, while still adding the Skill and finesse pieces of the game over over the years. Um, it's good to see you know guys like that uh, develop and become the type of players that he's been able to become. You know Troy Brown. Uh, hopefully, will will certainly get uh, should get uh, a nice chunk of minutes uh, on this team off the bench. Um, I think he's I think he's all but earned that. Uh, you know, there's not uh, you know with his versatility. Uh, in terms of passing, scoring, rebounding the basketball, uh, they can certainly use it. Uh, Robin Lopez coming off the bench. Uh, you know, Denny is their is their ninth overall pick. You know, uh, first preseason game doesn't miss a shot, and you know, just shows he can stretch the floor. Um, Denny's also a guy that can uh, you know help speed up the pace with this team. You know, uh, because he can grab it and go, and um, he handles the ball well. He can pass it well. Um, so I think he'll be a nice fit. I think he'll add another layer to this team. Uh, and, you know, when you add it back into the equation, Bradley and, and Russ, I still think this can be a playoff team. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, this isn't some incredibly deep team, um, but I like the pieces that they have. And so if, you know, Russ can kind of rein it in a little bit and doesn't necessarily – have to approach it as if he's got to go in and be this triple-double guy, but he can just kind of come in and be a guy that can find some of these guys, your Davis, your, your Bertans, your Hatchimers, and and give these and get these guys easier shots because of what he can do off the dribble. Um, I just think that, you know, can all be all the more helpful uh, to this team in helping uh, them make a playoff push, uh, the, you know, for the eighth seed. Um so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic with Washington. I didn't I didn't know that I would be coming into the season, but after having seen uh, what I've been able to see from Thomas Bryant, you know, over the last year and Troy Brown and some of these guys, and then being able to draft uh, Denny, um, you know, I, I like where this team is, is headed in terms of just you know maintaining course of being a playoff team. I'm not saying they're going to contend for anything or anything of that nature, but being able to stay at a playoff level, uh, despite you know 
uh, not having John Wall in the fold anymore, uh, I think is a reasonable expectation as long as this team can, uh, you know, figure out a way to play together and quickly and obviously defend. Um, you know, it's not going to be one of these teams where they can take any nights off defensively. They got to they got to figure that that part of it out. Um, but in any ways, um, I just want to you know quickly say if you've uh, listened through this whole thing. Uh, you know, this is about an hour and a half, you know, closing in about an hour and 40, hour and 45 minutes. Uh, I just want to thank you. Uh, even if you only listen to a, a fraction of it because you only want to listen to your favorite team, that's cool too. Um, but, I, you know, for, for, for all of you, uh, thank you for consuming the content, enjoying the content, engaging with the content, uh, sharing the content, and um, please continue to do so. Um, I would love for this channel to continue to grow. I would love for our interactions to continue to grow. Uh, and if it does, uh, then I think it benefits all of us. You know, the more of a, more of a audience I can grow, the more of a benefit I can be. Um, so thank you uh, very much uh, for uh, engaging with this content the way you have, and can please continue to uh, to do so. Um, like, comment, subscribe, all those things on YouTube. Uh, subscribe. You know, turn on uh, notifications if you subscribe through a podcast uh, platform. You know, just so you can keep up with the content, and uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at HW Hoop Central at HW Hoop Central. Um, you know, and if I don't follow you and you are following me, you know, always feel free to you know mention me in a tweet. And if I don't follow you back, I, I certainly will do my best to do so, and uh, maybe we can engage in some back and forth, uh, you know, basketball conversation through DMs. Uh, but in in any case, uh, I appreciate you guys for allowing me to have an opportunity to build a platform uh, and I hope to continue to do so and do so at a high, high quality. Uh, any suggestions or anything like that, please feel free to let me know. Um, but other than that, again, thank you. And uh, we will see you on the next, uh, next episode of the Prospect Pod. Take care.